Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to another Super Awesome Mix. My name is Matt Sidholm alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salbi. Samer, how are we doing this week? Doing real well. Things are good. We are traveling back in time today, which is always exciting, uh, to a time when neither of us were alive, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We decided to just, uh, yeah, get in the Wayback Machine. We've certainly referenced some older songs before. But we decided we would uh, kind of dedicate a whole mix to music from the 1960s. Yeah, the 1960s. This was, you know, we were talking about this before the recording of the show. This is in the category of both the easiest mix to put together and the hardest mix to put together. Because, I mean, how do you capture the incredible decade of the 60s in music in 12 songs? You can't. And there are so many notable notable bands and musicians missing from this list that, in fact, when I shared it with my girlfriend, she was, like, aghast that I didn't have <laughs> a number of people. And I'm like... You know, it wasn't that she was upset with who I picked. It was just that I didn't add all these other people. I'm like, right, but that I don't have enough space. I only get the six songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had 12 songs total. We probably could have picked 1,200 songs if we went through it Easily. all. Like, oh, there's Easily. that one, there's that one, there's that one. Yeah, so many great songs. Um, there were no Beatles songs. We're just going to spoil it for you right now. We didn't right. pick any Beatles songs. I, I guess, I know for me, maybe I thought that was a little too obvious. Like, although I pick a couple of like maybe obviously big artists uh, on my list, but I, I kind of went in a different direction, almost almost intentionally, I'd say for myself. Me too. Yeah. Like, I think that that's exactly my thought process was there were, there were some ones that kind of everyone would think and and there's to your point there's some of that here too you know it's not that we went like deep cuts here <laughs> a lot of this <laughs> is like of, of course you picked it but yeah we didn't want to go with uh some of the largest names out of the 60s let's say um not that they aren't you know worthy of, of being on a mix they absolutely are but you know we just, <laughs> here we go we we picked our six each there's nothing wrong there's plenty of good music to go around from the decade <laughs> that's right that's right all right, with that, let's k- kick this thing off. Uh, your pick was first, and you went with Bus Stop by the Hollies, which I'll just say real quick, I have been singing nonstop in my head. <laughs> this is the one that got stuck in my mind of, yeah. of all of these. Yeah, this um, is, this so is a catchy song, a very catchy song. Um, they were part of the British Invasion, okay, so British rock band. Um, had, had a number of hits, really. Um, so this is not just, you know, their only song or anything like that. Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress is another one that is, uh, is pretty popular. But um, I love how clever, you know, there's a real simple melody here and, and just a real clever uh, lyrics here. Uh, I love it. Um, I think the one I'd call out is someday my, not, my, <laughs> someday my name and hers will be the same. And it just describes this chance meeting at a bus stop. They share an umbrella and then they fall in love. So it's a really, really kind of simple love song, but, but also very cleverly written. And um, yeah, I, I just, I, I love the Hollies, but uh, this song in particular, I feel like doesn't get enough love. 
I agree. It's it's really good. I as I said, I've I've been obsessing over this one and singing the uh, singing the lines in my head over and over. I also, you know, this is going to be a recurring theme in some of my notes here. I love the kind of like the simplicity and let's say innocence, for lack of a better word, of some of the lyrics. You know obviously back then and in comparison to how it has evolved over time. So the idea of like someday my name and hers are going to be the same is like the sixties way of being like, Oh yeah, we're, you know, going to get together, you know, get married, hook up all those things. And today it would be far more explicit, <laughs> um, <laughs> like no doubt. Right. So I just, I love kind of the evolution of music, even lyrically through, through the decades where now they will, you know, literally spell it out of, of what they mean by here. But here it was, you know, a little softer. I don't think ears back then were ready for some of the more aggressive lyrics that exist today. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like society almost forced a little bit more creativity as it relates to some of the writing, um, right, right. Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, well, speaking of creative writing, let's go to your first pick. Um, you went with White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Right. This one is definitely one where it's like, it's huge, right? This song still gets so much uh, playtime today. In fact, it was used in the trailer of the most recent Matrix film. And sadly, at least in my opinion, I think the trailer was the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens, though? It's like right, you watch the trailer and you're like, right, that was that was actually the best thing about yeah. this film. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard though when you get to part four of a series right. to really yes. keep up the uh, yeah the greatness of it. Yeah, not everything can be John Wick. Um, That's right. But it, <laughs> but um, you know, this is an amazing song. I mean, truly, I love the lyrics of it. The first time I heard it, I was obsessed with it. I still play it today. It makes many of my own mixes. It's um it's it's beautiful it, and and the story behind it is really interesting. It's like that she you know um it was the writer Grace Slick. She actually obviously a lot of people have like conferred this with drugs and taking LSD and and having hallucinogens you know mixed in with Lewis Carroll's like very weird weird world of Alice in Wonderland. But she actually writes here and I'll just quote: I identified with Alice. I was a product of fifties American Palo Alto, California, where women were housewives with short hair and everything was highly regulated. I went from the planned, bland 50s to the world of being in a rock band without looking back. It was my Alice moment heading down the hole. White Rabbit seemed like an appropriate title. So I just loved that, that this was really just like a journey of her leaving behind, you know, the world that she grew up in and discovering one that was far different and and psychedelic in in nature. So that made me love the song even more as as I read about that. That's awesome. I love that quote. Yeah, this uh, this song, the, the note I wrote is just, man, this song is a trip, and you don't even have to do drugs to kind of, for, for it to get <laughs> yeah. to you, right? Like, right. just just musically and the lyrics, it's like, it'll it'll take your mind some places for sure. <laughs> it's really good, yeah. So I love this song, I'll forever be playing it. And Jefferson Airplane, of course, has a lot of, a lot of really, like, amazing hits that still get a lot of airtime today. So check them out if you haven't uh, listened to them in a while. But let's move on. Track three, your pick. Another amazing song, Give Me Some Lovin' by the Spencer Davis Group. Yeah, so the singer here should sound familiar to some people, okay? Because it is uh, Steve Winwood. And Steve Winwood became, you know, probably best known here in the U.S. for he had a run of um, solo hits in in the, like, late 80s, early 90s. Um, I think Valerie is a pretty big hit by him. 
um, roll with it. Still gets a lot of radio play. Um, but for me, give me some love in Spencer Davis group. This is this is my high point for Steve Winwood. Uh, it's a British rock band. Um, yeah, I mean, I love, this may surprise you, this song gets me fired up. I love the energy of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could still play this song in arenas now and people would be on their feet and, and getting into it. But um, it's just it's just such a great song. And just from that beginning, like, bass line into the whole thing and the organ playing. Steve Winwood's the organist, too. So not only That's is he incredible. the vocalist, but, but he's just, you know, playing the organ there that you hear throughout. So I don't know. I, I just have always loved this song. So I was glad that it, it fell into the decade that we were making this mix from. It is a great song. I also wrote that this will get you moving and clapping and wanting to dance and move and all of that. So it definitely goes in the category of all fired up. Great mix that you're perpetually working on. (laughs) (laughs) And absolutely, it still holds up. It's an amazing song. So much fun. Speaking of still holding up, uh, your next pick, you went with Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel. One of my all-time favorite movies is The Graduate. I think across all genres, across all decades, I love that movie. Justin Hoffman in it is, of course, very young and just so talented. And the story is um, is in- interesting. I think probably the time it was even... I didn't grow up watching it, right? Like, I grew up... I mean, I watched it much later um, than its release. But I imagine it had to be kind of like a... A, I don't know, shocking film, I guess, in the story. Um, controversial, perhaps. But this song uh, wasn't really written for the film. They had written the song Mrs. Roosevelt. And in fact, there's some lines here, you know, where it's like going to the candidates debate and things that kind of hinge to the fact that Simon and Garfunkel had written a, a song about Eleanor uh, Roosevelt. But then the creator of the film, The Graduate, realized that Roosevelt and Robinson could like swap out very easily. So he had them just kind of tweak it a little bit and then the song became mrs robinson and became the song that kind of you know went along with the graduate and i i love that so great song again i've listened to this i've listened to so many covers of it you can do some really cool covers of the song um so had to throw this one on my 60s mix for sure yeah great great song of course uh did not know that about miss roosevelt but that explains the candidates debate line in there (laughs) right which which always kind of confused me um you know, I have not seen The Graduate, now that you said that. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to add that to my list. I don't know what it's streaming on, but I'm going to track it down and watch it. Because, yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen that movie. I, of course, know this song. I know, you know, it's a, it's such a popular movie that I feel like I know it, right? But I've never right. sat down yeah. and watched the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to do that at some point and, you know get a little bit more context uh, for uh, for this song and, and probably so many other pop culture references that have come out of that movie. But, but yeah, great. There pick. are a lot, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there's no better time than this season, and that brings us to track five, <laughs> which is your pick, Time of the Season by The Zombies, another favorite of mine. Great. Uh, great segue there. Nice work. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so another British rock band. So for me, that's that's three for three right now on the British Invasion. Um, but so they formed and broke up entirely in the 1960s, which is kind of fascinating. Um, they they have come back together, like starting in the late 80s in, in various forms. And so you know you may have seen shows out there featuring the Zombies. I don't think it's all the original members, but. 
Um, they almost didn't release this one as a single, and then they decided to at the last minute, and it ended up reaching number three on the Billboard charts. So ends up being a massive hit for them, and it, and it almost you know kind of never was. Um, of course, the most famous thing about this song, and, and I think the thing I, I love about it, is just the call and response, the, the, the dialogue that they kind of create within the, uh, within the song. I just think that's brilliant. And uh, it's very different musically, too, which I also appreciate. It is. I have a mix, an ongoing mix that I call uh, moody classic rock songs. And I just can't think of any other way to describe certain music as like moody. And this is on that on that mix. <laughs> um, and maybe it is like the callback that they use, you know, the two people kind of conversing lyrically to, with one another. It's really well done. It's an amazing song. The uh, the line that, you know, it kind of like fell down a rabbit hole researching was the is he rich like me uh, speaking about, you know, this person's dad. Yeah. And apparently um, there's a lot of interpretations about that. And, you know, one of them being like rich here could be rich in, in you know, not like monetary value, but in, in, in values or in kind of like the, the hippie movement that was occurring in the 60s. But then apparently it was a nod to the song Summertime by George Gershwin, um, where the line is, oh, your daddy's rich and your ma's good looking. So apparently this was like kind of a nod to that other very well-known song. Uh, and that's why they asked the question, you know, is he rich like me? Oh, interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, fun fact. Yeah, a little fun fact there. Cool. Um, all right, next up, you go with White Room by Cream. Yes. I, what an amazing, amazing song by Cream. A group that it took me a very long time to, to discover. Funny enough, not until I think two years ago or a year ago when I was watching Ted Lasso. And, you know, there's a scene where Keeley is introducing, I think it was Led Zeppelin to um, Roy's niece. And she's like obsessing over it. And then she, you know, Keeley says, wait until you hear Cream. And so I thought, oh, well, I love Zeppelin. I want to go listen to Cream. <laughs> And so I do. And of course, this is like their most popular song. And I absolutely love it. Like what a talented group of musicians. And this song was actually written by a poet, which um, is, I guess, unusual, um, at least for the time in my research. And he kind of jokes about the about the lyrics. He says it was the miracle that it worked, considering it was me writing a monologue about a new flat, uh, meaning a new apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, kind of speaks to the opening lines, you know? It makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah, that does make more sense. Well, you know, what I wrote down when listening to this and, and probably coming off of uh, White Rabbit as well is, um, you know, we joked about high school English teachers sort of reading into things. But after, like, listening to a lot of 60s music, I was like, maybe that's why they felt like they needed to read into it. Like, they're just listening to these lyrics that maybe don't quite make sense on the surface. And they're like, let's, let's, <laughs> right. let's do a deep dive into what they're really talking about. I love that. <laughs> that could be that could be it. They're just all products of uh, being children. Of the <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a deeper meaning to everything. Yeah. Everything. It was just, in fact, a drug-fueled mess is what, <laughs> was, what was causing that. That's great. But yeah, I love Cream, love their like rock sound. You know, you get the beginning of kind of that distorted rock, like starting to appear in the 60s and then really opening the way to the 70s and, and so forth. Like, I love the through line of rock music and how it's evolved through the ages. So there's just so many good examples of the 60s. And this is absolutely one of them. Well, of and of course, uh, Eric Clapton was in Cream. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Absolutely. All right. Let's go on to track seven, your pick. Um, Uptight, parentheses, Everything's All Right by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, great parenthetical title right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had Stevie on my birthday, Mitch, from 1977. So it's fun to go a decade backwards and still be able to include Stevie Wonder on the mix. Um, yep. This is a this is just an amazing song. I just again the the, the energy of it. I love the buildup of it with the different uh, kind of musical instruments that they bring about. Um, pretty interesting, you know, Stevie Wonder was signed to a record deal when he was really young, you know, like 10 or 11 years old, something like that. Uh, And actually was known as like little Stevie Wonder, right? Because he was essentially a kid out there singing. Yeah. And as he got older and his voice changed, as is wont to do with with men as they get older, uh, there was some question by his record label as to whether or not he could still be a viable commercial artist. And uh, so this was kind of the first song that came out with sort of his new sounding voice. And if you listen to this, it sounds like Stevie Wonder, right? Like it sounds like you would, you know, imagine Stevie Wonder sounding. And uh, because it became a hit, it was actually a really big turning point for him because because of those concerns uh, as he got older. So, yeah, kind of interesting fact about this one. But, yeah, just just a great song overall and uh, so many great lyrics, but good stuff here. It is, yeah. I that's very interesting. I didn't know that about his background. I wrote on the song my first note, and really kind of my only note here is that this is happiness in a song because I just can't think of any other way to describe it. It is a very happy feeling song. I also think it's got to have been used in hundreds of films by this point because I felt like I had like a montage playing in yeah, my mind. Yeah, um, great montage song. <laughs> that's a good point. It's a great montage song. And I also felt that this could be, you know, like this feeling of you being on top of the world and and just, again, having a great day. Like, that's this song. So, lovely pick. All right. Next up, you've got California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. Right. This is another one of those, like, major hits from the 60s, even though, you know, supposedly we're not picking them. But um, <laughs> this would this would go on my moody, like, you know, classic uh, rock mixtape as well, because it does kind of have that feeling to it. It is it's, it's kind of it's almost like, a, yeah, the winter gray feeling really does you know, show itself in the sound of the song. I don't know how else to describe that, but. Beautiful song, one of my all-time favorites. Also has some incredible covers. Sia covers a song; is probably one of my most like favorite covers of it. She has just an amazing voice that she brings to to these lyrics. And then my my really interesting thing that I learned about this is that this song, of course, features a flute solo. And so what ended up happening is they were recording in the studio. They knew that they needed a solo to fill the gap um, between you know some of the choruses and the verses. And they didn't just want to do a guitar solo because they felt bored at the idea of doing it a, you know, like what everyone else is doing. So they run out into the hall and they see this famous flautist, Bud Shank, in the hallway of their recording studio. And they literally ask him, like, hey, what are you doing right now? Do you want to come in and record a solo for us? Like, we need, you know, essentially kind of a bridge between these two things. He's like, sure. So he listens to the song and in one take, he plays his flute solo and that was it. Like, and it's on the track forever and ever. And I just think... That is incredible <laughs> that, you know, the serendipity of something like that and then how you go to just like listen to a song, pop out your flute and <laughs> knock out something that <laughs> becomes, you know, this iconic song for 70 years later. It's it's amazing. It's also cool. <laughs> That's incredible. 
Yeah, you got to be a really good flautist to just kind of jump in <laughs> and do that. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is an incredible song, and yeah, I mean, it still rings true today. I was just in California about a month ago, and yeah, you get out there with the weather and the sun and everything, and yeah, when you if you I imagine if you were like back east. And in the middle of the winter, yeah, you would be California dreaming after you, uh, <laughs> sure. you know, le- like winters get long on the East Coast. And so, yeah, California would sound pretty good. But no, just an incredible song, incredible group. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, not much more to say about this one, but just great pick. Thank you. All right. Track nine. Um, I'm going to read my, my first note about this before I tell you mm, what the song is. Okay. And my note is... Another song for when you're feeling fired up. (laughs) And it is, of course, I Want You Back by Jackson 5. Yeah, this was their first big single. So I couldn't believe, I mean, stretched all the way back to the 1960s, you get, you know, just a taste of uh, Michael Jackson's greatness. But here he is with with four of his brothers um, doing doing the Jackson 5 stuff. But this is... uh, yeah, this is one, I think my kids have heard this and immediately were like, oh, this song's awesome. <laughs> like, they were really into it immediately, which I think is always just the telltale sign for a song that's 50 years old, is if uh, like little kids can hear it and immediately yes. be captured by it. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's a good one. But um, yeah, I, again, this one just in all ways is just so good. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, I mean, you could still play this one at parties now. Everybody will know it and everybody will get into it, you know, just, um, no way you can, you can feel bad, like listening to the song, even though the song itself, the content is like kind of about heartache. Right. Right. It is, uh, yeah, musically it's, it's an amazing energetic song. And the other thought I had in listening to this is that we could do an entire like Motown 60s um, mix because this, you know, really is like top of the charts whenever you think about Motown. This is one of the the big ones. So really, really awesome sound. Incredible that it just, like you said, stands up today and everyone of all ages would love this song. It's great. Wonderful pick. All right. Next up, you've got Baba O'Reilly by The Who. Yes, the Who, uh, Bob O'Reilly, aka Teenage Wasteland. Uh, <laughs> I I think I actually was first introduced to this song in particular from watching the show Freaks and Geeks. There is a scene, I believe, in the pilot episode, amazing show. I think we've mentioned it before on this sh- on this podcast. But there's a scene in the pilot, I believe it is, when someone is talking about this song and she calls it Teenage Wasteland, and the guy's character, I'm blanking on all the names here, he's like. It's not Teenage Wasteland, but it's Bob O'Reilly. The name of the song is Bob O'Reilly. And I guess this happened so much that it's just become an unofficial title of the song, um, which is kind of amazing. But the song itself, you know, whenever I went and discovered it, started listening to it, I could not stop listening to it. I think I had it on repeat indefinitely for, for months and still enjoyed every listen to it. Still true today. The buildup at the end, I mean, the, the like synthesizer organ play that opens up this, this track, um, everything about this is like, it musically will blow your mind, I think. Like, just there's nothing else like it. <laughs> and I, I can't believe that it still sounds so amazing all these years later. So had to put this on the mix. Yeah, this was one, um, it, you know, you're, while I'm taking notes, I'm sitting there going, oh man, great intro. Oh, these lyrics are awesome. Okay. Oh, my legendary outro. And it's just like, so every single part of the song, I was just like 
kind of like, oh yeah, this was awesome. This was awesome. No, every part of this is just great. Um, I love it. And it also made me think of, you know, another potential mix for us, which is exactly what you called out songs that are uh, titled one thing, but better known as a different title. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be interesting. I bet there's a lot of them I out there. I think there's a lot of them <laughs> out there that people are like, oh, you mean that song? And it's like, nah, it's actually called this, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is one. Yeah, you. I mean, I don't know. Just love everything about this song. And it could definitely be on a motivation mix, um, even just musically, if not the, uh, you know, if not the lyrics, just musically it could be on a motivation yes. mix to get you going. I also, this was one of my favorite songs to play in rock band because the outro is one of those outros in the game where you just make noise to like take you out. And, <laughs> and But this one in particular is so long, you know, because some of the other songs like in the game, wherever you've got like a noise outro, it's, you know, five, ten seconds. But this is like just a solid minute of you beating on the drums or slamming the guitar as much as you can. And it is so satisfying. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. All right, uh, let's take this thing home. Track 11, your last pick is Will You Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirelles. Lovely pick. This is a great one. Yeah, so such a simple but I think really powerful song. Like you kind of talked about it earlier, how just the you know society at that time, like you couldn't be very explicit um, about things. So you kind of had to, you know, write around certain things if you were a songwriter. And I think in this one, you know, they do such a good job. If you listen to the song, you know what they're talking about, but they never actually say it, right? You know, tell right. me now and I won't ask again, will you still love me tomorrow? Um, and so I think that's just very, I don't know, I, I just think that's really well done when you can kind of say it without saying it. Um, the music here is by Carol King, which I thought was kind of incredible because the song's from like 1962. Um, I think it has almost like a 50s era sound to it. So kind of you could see things evolving a little bit into the 60s from the 50s with a song like this. Um, and this was the first um, all black girl group to reach number one, this song. So also kind of a landmark um, achievement by this one. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a great song and it's really well done and uh, should be on the mix. Yeah, good. Very. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And Carol King, of course, I think she later went to sing some of these songs herself that she'd written. Um, and those are also beautiful versions. So definitely check um, all of that out. I mean, so much talent from this time period. Absolutely love the song. I had the exact same note as you about the lyrics here. I feel like this would be, I don't know, like a one night stand today or something. Right. Like, yeah. It could be like it could be interpreted that way. Um, but this is instead like, will you love me tomorrow? Which is like, the lyrics are very cute and innocent and charming. It's it's really lovely. All right. So appropriately enough. Um, and we're going to talk for 12 minutes about this song because it's a 12 minute <laughs> yes. long song. All right. You went with <laughs> The End by The Doors. Oh, The End by The Doors. Yeah, we do need to talk about, 12, about this song for 12 minutes. I knew the doors first from the movie apocalypse now um and so that was like in this song in particular right because it's used in that film so that was actually my first introduction to the doors and then i i'm like oh my god what did i just hear i want more of it and so i went and listened to the you know i found the song listened to it and again similar to bob o'reilly by the who could not stop listening to it and i listened to a lot of music by the doors and became obsessed with them so i had to throw this on here because this was another you know kind of landmark song for me um 
growing up and, and discovering music from you know long before I was uh, born and just falling in love with it and just cannot believe that like music like this could could have ever been made and, and still get listened to this song is just in- incredible I mean it's like it's so dark and crazy and it's so long and it just has all these different kind of musical elements to it and, and the lyrics are are fascinating um I love the the one line of, of all the things that he sings. My favorite line in this thing is lost in a Roman wilderness of pain. Like, what an amazing line. <laughs> I I absolutely love that. It's just, it's it's very peculiar. Uh, he was really into, like, mythology and, and um, old stories and stuff. And a lot of this is Oedipal in nature, like a lot of the lyrics. So kind of speaks to that. But I just love, like, just the sound of that one lyric on its own. Lost in a Roman wilderness of pain. Uh, that just stands out to me for some reason. Yeah, this is my new go-to in karaoke, I think. I'm just going to do the end. <laughs> That's great, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> You're gonna, a lot of people will be with you every minute of the way. Yeah, just standing up there for about two minutes. Like, why isn't he singing? It's just like, no, no words yet. <laughs> Everybody hang in. Yep. Everybody hang in. Uh, no, you're right though. This is this is just an epic song. Um, I, I love. I you don't get songs like this now um, that are, are this sort of uh, overdone. I mean, you, you'll see it on on albums, but you're gonna have to go kind of kind of deep to see it. Um, but yeah, just for a, a song like this, and this is on their debut album too. To, to throw this on here, a 12 minute song like this. Um, yeah, I mean that's a that's a big choice to make. I feel like for a debut album. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. But it works, right? Like you know, it's, a, it's obviously a uh, obviously a well known song, a well liked song. Like you said, it's been used in music and pop culture. Like people know it. But um, yeah, this is not sort of your conventional kind of rock song by by any means. So you're right. Um, yeah, like that's I, I find that to be remarkable uh, about this. There you have it. Okay, twelve songs from the nineteen sixties. Okay, of course, as we said at the top of the show, by far not an exhaustive list. No, definitely not. I mean, we could do volumes one through three thousand, I think, and we'd still only scratch the surface. <laughs> that's right. Of, of the songs from the sixties. But hey, if you liked us diving into this decade, we're happy to do another one. Let us know on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. We can also pick other decades. Um, you know, we can go all the way back. Let's, let's say what the twenties. In fact, we do some. <laughs> might be that <laughs> some, might be a little rough, but yeah, yeah, might, we could go a little sorry, farther I back. Meant, sure. Yeah, you know, 2020. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that, me... that'll work. Yeah, that one we could <laughs> right. definitely pull off. All right. We'll revisit 2020 specifically, um, a year we've, we've all collectively decided to, to just erase from, from history. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, there you have it. Another super awesome mix for your collection. We'll get to work on another one. And so for Samer, this is Matt, and we will see you next time. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com.